Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in to the Pro Football Blitz, hour number two. I am Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado. And this is the top of the second hour, where we are always joined by Derek Stevens. Jeffrey Benson fell behind today. We'll see if we can. He's probably busy. It's a big weekend, of course, as it always is here at Circa Sports. Derek, he's probably uh, hustling back there behind the counter. We've got a heck of a game going on. The Tennessee Titans just tied it up 16 apiece and we're just underway in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, I think Jeff was coming, but uh, boy, oh boy, the lines at the counters all over the place have been great. Handle's been just absolutely terrific this morning. I mean, lines were uh, lines were uh, pretty active three hours before kick, so it was pretty good. Do you guys have a particular need in this game? Oh, yes. Yeah, we do. Um, I can tell you from the house side, uh, the house is actually sitting in a little bit of a middle situation. Ah. Um, People bet Tennessee laying the four and four and a half. Okay. Uh, three and a half, four, four and a half. And uh, they bet uh, uh, the Bengals' uh, uh, money line. So uh, mm. either if Bengals win outright, um, that's good for the players. If Tennessee wins and covers, that's good for the players. And uh, the house is kind of sitting in a situation where you get the little middle, uh, the, the middle scenario. You'd kind of like the Titans to win this game but not cover. Yeah, that's kind of the way the book book feels right now. But uh, you know, one way or another, the handle on, handle on both sides has been just terrific. And and you know, it leads up to it leads up to uh, what's going to be uh, what is has so far been the largest uh, wagered game of the weekend, which is uh, 49ers Packers. Ah, that yeah. that 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 game has had the most handle out of the four so far. Now, by the time we get to uh, Sunday night. I do think uh, Buffalo KC could be the highest handle game, but uh, but as of right now, it's Packers 49ers is uh, is the number one handle game. You know what's interesting, Derek? Uh, I read an article on vcin.com this morning. Chris Andrews, our buddy, always does an article uh, throughout the football season where it's kind of a, a wise guy report, if you will, just where the traffic has been on all of his football games going into the weekend. And uh, he talked about the Kansas City-Buffalo game being the lowest amount of handle he's seen of any game before or of any game going on this particular weekend. And basically it's because of the number. You know, you're at one and a half or two. You're, you're away from that key three. So nobody's really, it, it's tough to have an opinion. Wise guy, public, whatever you are. Uh, 
nobody's gotten involved uh, in a big way just yet. Has that been a similar story for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that has something to do with that. I mean, there's certain numbers that just don't lend itself to great, great, uh, great handle. One, one and a half, not an optimal number. And, you know, you see that in the Super Bowls as well. Um, when you get a, uh, a a huge, huge chalk in the Super Bowl, that's not always optimal right, either. So right. there are certain numbers that lend itself to uh, um, more wagering. But I do think there's something different um, that's happening. It's happened really in the last year. There is such an important need for information. You need to know who's active. You need to know if there's a COVID situation. Looks like COVID's over in the NFL, though. But, uh, but um, you, you really need to get that info. So I think when you have such a marquee matchup of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, when it all comes down to it, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of right on that uh, tomorrow. Well, you and I just talked about that one, James, and uh, you can flip a coin and go either way. It sounds like maybe betters are thinking the same thing right now. Yeah, I think for Kansas City and Buffalo, not only we think about probably the best game on the board out of the four, although I, I kind of would differ beg to differ with the Packers and the 49ers game on Saturday night. I think that's going to be a tremendous matchup too, but we also know that the Sunday night game, a lot of times it's the get out or get out or get even deeper kind of game sometimes, so how much handle is going to continue to pour in on that game for both sides, especially where that number is. I know it's ticked down a little bit in favor of the Buffalo Bills, but ultimately that number reflects that this is a coin flip and just curious to see where are you at, Derek, with that total. I've got it at 53 and a half. I typically play unders, but I'm betting the over. I'm on the over wagon here with these two quarterbacks in this matchup. I had it at 53 and a half, but I see it at ticking up 54, 54 and a half at a number of spots. Where do you currently stand with that total? Yeah, we're currently at, uh, we're hanging a 54 flat right now. Uh, 110 juice both ways. So we're, we're sitting at 54. Hey, James, you know, one thing about uh, about where, where some of these line moves are, I could tell you right now, I'm surprised at this, but at Circa, Circa actually needs the Packers tonight. And mm. I think we're in a little bit of a unique situation. We're still, we're still hanging a five. And in the last 20 minutes, there's a lot of five and a halves and a few places just moved to six. So I know Metcalf is now uh, really looking to get a little bit of uh, – of uh, of Packer play in, in, in there at, at this point. Yeah, James, five is the low water mark in the market right now. Uh, Packers laying five at home here at Circa. Uh, the consensus number is five and a half. Are you seeing anything different up there in Denver? Mostly five and a half. And I think that's kind of the five is such a weird number, right? Although we talk a lot about key numbers, but the fact that these teams go for it so much, whether you're talking about go for it, going for it on fourth down and not kicking the field goal or not punting the football, going for two-point conversions more, and the fact that these kickers just can't seem to consistently make their PATs and they start chasing points. Five, even though it's kind of a, a weird or a dead number in a sense, I wonder what happens if it gets the five and a half. If, you, if you're able to move that to six and it does go to six, Derek, do you suspect you're going to continue to see uh, if, if you're able to move it there probably just a big buyback on the 49ers I suspect yeah that, that could be you know you know James you're right I mean five we always call that the slippery number I mean it doesn't take much to move off of a five you know four and a half to five and a half but what does get impacted quite a bit on on on, uh, on the five to five and a half is it does impact teasers because it does provide you value if you're taking if you're if you're adding six points to a to a dog. So what we've seen is we've seen a decent amount of teaser play today. I'm I'm actually a, a little surprised at how much teaser play we've seen that's been crossing the zero. Mm. Uh, we saw quite a bit, well, a lot of five figure bets where uh, where a teaser crossed the zero today.
Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Five-figure bets. And most professionals will not tease through a zero. Uh, but uh, five-figure bets uh, is certainly nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, let's move to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams, Derek. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers opened up at about two and a half, and it's pretty much three across the board. Still a couple of two and a halves in the market, but you guys are at three even money. A little bit of juice if you want the dog in the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, we've uh, we've definitely seen uh, a little bit of LA money. I think there's a, uh, um, you know, obviously here we get a lot a lot of LA Rams fans. It's probably uh, one of the most, uh, I would say, one of the most favorite teams of our of our customer base. So we, we've definitely seen a lot of a lot of um, Ram money. We've seen. Uh, you know, some people with this Stafford play thinking, okay, you know, he's gonna he got the monkey off his back, which was the Detroit Lions franchise here. So <laughs> there's a little bit a little bit of the thought that the Rams are all coming together and they're gelling at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. James, uh, you and I are both going the other way. Uh, apparently the majority here at Circa likes the Los Angeles Rams, but you and I are both on the Bucks. We took the bucks, but we took the bucks at the two and a half, and I think that was the key number for us. I'm not sure if it was sitting at three, and there are some threes out here in Colorado, fellas, but I, I wouldn't. when you can shop around, the fact that you can find the two and a half versus the three, obviously we're going to take the better number in that sense, but I don't think either of us, regardless of whether it was three, even if that number was three and a half, I can't make a case. I don't know if you could make a case either, Brady, for, for jumping in on those Rams. This is just a finesse team in my mind, and you're going to have to go beat the champs on the road. Tom Brady, seven time Super Bowl winner. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Derek, uh, Jeff uh, Benson spent some time with us here in the studio on the Pro Football Blitz last weekend and kind of updated us on uh, the closure of the contest, the Circus Survivor, and it was such a great weekend, that week 18 of the regular season. Um, everybody's uh, out there in social media now. The big checks came out. We saw the big check night and everything. Um, what, overall, what was your, you know, you looking back, what was this like, this uh, contest season for you? And uh, any thoughts on maybe where we go no next year? Well, yeah, I mean, last Friday was just um, spectacular, you know, bringing out all the big checks. Uh, we threw a nice little cocktail party. Uh, now, now I realize when you throw a little party, you can't really screw it up when you're giving out that much money. <laughs> but to have six separate contestants cashing in, uh, a uh, million or more was was pretty cool. I mean, I think that's a record uh, record for football contests. Having uh, having all these crews come out, they brought their families, their friends, things like this. It was terrific, and uh, it it really um, it really uh, uh, provided you know the closure on what I thought was a great season, great great football contest. Um, you know the 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 winners, um, you know at seventy percent, pretty unbelievable in the millions, and then having five circus survivors who all made it on the last Sunday and being able to follow their sweats was pretty cool. So, yeah, we learned a lot, and uh, I think we're going to take what we uh, what we learned, and you know once we get past Super Bowl, uh, Mike Palm, uh, Matt Metcalf, Jeff Benson, CB, myself, we'll probably go out to have lunch and. We'll hammer it out, think about what worked and uh, what we could maybe tweak uh, tweak for next year. James, you uh, were in Las Vegas last weekend, but unfortunately not to pick up a check. <laughs> no, no checks. But I think <laughs> what's interesting, and Derek, thank you for your hospitality last weekend. Had a lot of fun with you guys on Saturday night. And Mr. Bill 80, uh, what a, man, what a party animal that guy is. That had a great time last Saturday. But thinking about the contest, and, and kudos to you, Derek, not only with the, the Circus Survivor, but also the Circa Millions and the fact that there was over 4,000 entries. But it's interesting that the target number is still roughly to win these big contests. They're still roughly about 70%. When I hit my contest, 
this. That was 72%. And even though these numbers continue to get bigger and the prize pools just get so so lucrative, that target number to capture one of these and take this down is still roughly the same number at 70%. Yeah, you know, you, you would think when you get to uh, 4,000 entrants or, or, or hopefully more next year, you might have an outlier where, where you're right, where you got to hit a 72 or, you know, someday, who knows, maybe somebody can get close to 75. I, I think that would be hard to do, but I think, I think James, I think it, it goes to show how difficult it is handicapping the NFL and for anybody that wins. I mean, yourself a few years back and, and, and the guys this year, um, it's, it's really a feather in their cap to be, able to, to be able to put up a number like that. Well, we look forward to more Circa Contest in 2022. Derek, thanks for uh, stopping by here and uh, putting a bow on contest season for us. Enjoy the rest of the playoff weekend. We'll do. Good luck, guys. All right. That is Derek Stevens, the owner and operator of the Circa Resort and Casino, the D and the Golden Gate in downtown Las Vegas. James Salinas and I are right back on the other side. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my game. game. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. 
This segment of the Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over one 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz and quite a development here in the first divisional round of the weekend, James. The Cincinnati Bengals and Tennessee Titans remain tied at 16 apiece and that was after the Titans chose to go for it on fourth down and the Bengals stopped them and now Joe Burrow and company are coming back the other way on offense. Just about five minutes left to go in regulation. We are tied at 16 apiece. The Cincinnati Bengals are a two and a half point favorite in the live market and this has been a heck of a ball game james competitive uh, divisional game playoff game we know that the the intensity ratches is up and i think we're seeing from the young cincinnati Bengals team here had a 10 point lead and really unfortunate burrow was intercepted but that wasn't on him a little bit of a low throw but the back should have caught that ball out in the flat and kicked up and fell right into the hands it really had almost pulled the ball off the ground it was questionable whether that ball actually hit the ground for Tennessee but they called an interception short field for the Titans they were able to convert that into the tying touchdown here but I I think what we've seen out of Cincinnati even though the sacks continue to pile up on Joe Burrow he's been sacked eight times so far in this game just so uh, so the kid doesn't get rattled and I think we've seen a lot faster quicker passing game from the Cincinnati Bengals and from what we've talked about with their with their kicking game right now it's a field goal game we're just in four minutes to go roughly four minutes to go in this contest and we know kicking matters we try to stay out of the way of kickers but I think that also has to factor into your handicap in these matchups because these games are going to get so tight we have to look at special teams from the punt return from the kick return and also from the kicking game itself in particular for the place kickers and right now I'd be favoring the Cincinnati Bengals when it comes to their place kicker. Yeah, Evan McPherson, uh, a heck of a ball game and I think it was four field goals that he connected on last week in their victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's look back and uh, reflect on some of the things that Derek Stevens had to say and I want to specifically talk about the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers game, James. I thought it was interesting. Currently, Circa is the low watermark in the market at minus five on the Green Bay Packers. Everybody else at five and a half and there are a couple sixes here in Las Vegas as well. Now, the Circa book is typically known as a sharp store because they offer very high limits. So you get bigger betters coming to play at Circa. What do you think this is a reflection of? Is that the case where there's just a lot of sharp money here on San Francisco? Do you feel it's a, a public overwhelming the the volume here, the handle? Uh, because Derek said they're probably going to need the Packers in this game. Now, that could change. Matt Metcalf, as he mentioned, lowering, you know, keeping this number at five. He's really trying to attract some Packer money. How do you explain where this number is at Circa and maybe which way the wise guys and the public or betting this game? Just thinking about the matchup here, we know Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, public team for sure, but 
the matchup here with the 49ers and why that number is sitting and probably why they need that Packers that they're the circuit is going to need the Packers in this case is because the 49ers going on the road typically you think a West Coast team warm weather team in a sense not that it's super warm there up in in Northern California you know that Brady but a West Coast team for sure going into this matchup going into frigid Lambeau Field can they sustain any type of offense? But the way that the San Francisco 49ers are built, this is a team that is built to play in any conditions and actually probably better off playing in slower and colder conditions and slower fields just based on the physicality of the, of the running game for San Francisco. Elijah Mitchell in this matchup did not play in that week three matchup against Green Bay. And Debo Samuel, we think we're seeing as the second half of the season has gone on, Debo Samuel, the versatility of being able to put him in the backfield a lot of different sets that they pull out Debo Samuel with he's just getting better and better as both the receiver and the running back he calls himself the wide back now is what he calls himself and and rightfully so he's been tremendous on both areas of the field and J- uh, Kittle coming in with this running game I mean that I think for for me it's just, it's hard to get in front of the Green Bay Packers for the entirety of four quarters here I just wonder from a Packers standpoint Brady you know, it's been quite a while since they played a high-level football game. They haven't faced a team that is a. They haven't faced a team that was above 500 since Week 12 against the Rams. That was a long time ago. Where it was, that one felt like a playoff game. The intensity was there, and Green Bay jumped all over the Rams in that contest. But since then, they've just been kind of cruising. And it's not just a simple switch to turn on with when it comes to the focus and intensity of the of the, of the game and the speed of the game. 49ers have been playing playoff football for the last couple weeks, so they've already been there at that level. I think it might take the Green Bay Packers a few drives to get themselves acclimated to the the speed and the intensity of the playoffs. We have hit the two-minute warning in Nashville. Tennessee has the ball back. Ryan Tannehill and company at their own 20-yard line, again, at the two-minute warning in a tie ball game, 16 apiece. So the Tennessee Titans looking to march down the field and maybe kick a game-winning field goal uh, or possibly send this game into overtime. Uh, James, let's go back uh, to the player proposition bets for the Buffalo and Kansas City game we were talking about before uh, the segment with Derek. We were previewing that game going down at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday, but we didn't get to the player prop portion. Kind of interesting here, we were talking about the passing yard totals for Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady. They were at 280 or 290. Uh, They're actually a little bit lower overall for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen his passing yard total at 280 and a half. That's exactly the same as Matthew Stafford. And then Patrick Mahomes at 282 and a half. And this is after the guy just threw for over 400 yards last week. Anything of these two that look attractive to you? Well, I can't look at either of them and say this they're not going to have a good game and that I'm going to bet the under. Typically, I've been betting a lot of these playoff, these quarterback props under rather than over, but not here. And I haven't bet either of these props, but if I was getting involved... Thinking about, let's just look at the Mahomes side. It are they going to try to establish the run? I think Edwards Hilaire will be back for this contest against Buffalo, but this is not a team that's going to run the football. We know it's going to be. They're going to go with what 
there, Andy Reid is going to find so many different ways to creatively, offensively, different different sets, different matchups against that secondary for the Bills. That's the strength of that team there defensively for Buffalo is that secondary. But I think Mahomes, he'll find ways to be able to be patient. And that's what we've seen the second half of the season. I know the resurgence, a lot of it was on the defensive side for Kansas City with some of the adjustments and personnel that they made on that side of the football and how much that improved that defense as the season wore on. But Patrick Mahomes also gave himself an opportunity, and I'm sure they cocked about it in the coaches' meetings too, to look, take what the defenses are giving you. You don't have to try to take the top off the D each and every time and force big plays. We talked about this earlier in the show, Brady. That first matchup back in week five, the Buffalo Bills only blitzed Mahomes one time on 63 dropbacks. 86% of those dropbacks, they had two sa- two high safeties. So it was, we're going to let you throw everything underneath. Hit Kelsey on those crossers. Find Tyreek Hill on those out routes. Those are going to be available. We're just going to tighten up in the red zone. So I think with the yardage total, looking at both of these here, I'd probably be looking at, if I was going to play one or the other over, first one that comes to mind is Mahomes because I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities between the 20s for Mahomes to make plays. All right, some of the receiving yards props. I looked at both tight ends here. Dawson Knox for Buffalo at under or over 40 and a half yards. I kind of lean towards the over on that one. And Travis Kelsey at 70 and a half yards. I mean, it, it seems like a square play, but I don't know how you can't take the over. You got to figure Travis Kelsey's going to have 70, 80, maybe 90 to 100 yards receiving, whether they win or lose this game. I think the one that's interesting here, James, uh, a couple of the rushing props. Devin Singletary over or under 60 and a half yards and I think the general perception there would be to go under you don't think about Buffalo running the ball a whole lot I think this one could go over I I would expect Singletary to have a pretty good game rushing the football also maybe catching the ball out of the backfield but Josh Allen's rushing yards total at 50 and a half that was the easiest bet on the board last week. I think his number was around 46 and, or ha- 46 and a half or something like that, and he had that after about the first quarter or what have you. Um, but maybe we missed the boat. I don't know if I would go back to the well again on the Josh Allen rushing prop over the total this week. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. I wouldn't want to go under, though. We've seen not only Josh Allen be able to improvise, make plays with his feet outside the pocket when the plays break down, but also they do a lot of design rushes for Josh Allen and design draws. So I think he probably gets there. I probably won't play that. You mentioned Singletary and his rushing yards sitting around 60-61, but also his attempts. They're sitting at 15-and-a-half. I don't think he's going to get that many touches. I'd be looking for Singletary under 15-and-a-half rushing attempts. I would agree with that. We'll talk about Singletary, Josh Allen, and more with Matt Perino when we come back talking more Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs right here at VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, total, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. 
Com. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz, the Tennessee Titans and Cincinnati Bengals. We may have come to an end here as Evan McPherson should be lining up shortly for what would be a game-winning field goal. Ryan Tannehill threw his third interception of the day. Tennessee was trying to grind down the clock and kick a game-winning field goal of their own. On third and five with about 30 seconds left, Tannehill threw an interception over the middle. It was tipped into the arms of a Cincinnati defender. Immediately, Joe Burrow turns around, hits Jamar Chase. They are in field goal range within one play, and now Evan McPherson attempting his fourth field goal of the day. It is a 52-yarder. It is good, and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win this football game. James Salinas, the Florida Gator, two games in a row that he kicks four field goals to help his team to victory. The Cincinnati Bengals are moving on, and that is a final score, 19 to 16 the Tennessee Titans for the second time as a number one seed they are ousted after one game let's get over to our guest Matt Perino a regular here on the pro football blitz he's a beat reporter for the Buffalo Bills for Syracuse.com he hosts the shout podcast and you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Perino and uh, by the way Matt since we've been introduced here on the pro football blitz I have followed you on Twitter you do a great job with that feed if anybody's out there looking for information on the Buffalo Bills a very informative and entertaining feed I must say thank you again for joining us here on the program and of course the Bills have been a contender for a few years now so you've been on our show quite a bit this season Um, and here they are Uh, you would think this would be the AFC championship game uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs but it is indeed the divisional round Uh, James and I were just talking about this game. The Buffalo Bills may be the best game I've ever seen them play in the Josh Allen era last weekend, and you would think they have to come back down to earth a little bit, don't they? But, hey, don't the Kansas City Chiefs maybe have to come back down to earth a little bit too? They just threw for five touchdowns and over 400 yards did Patrick Mahomes last week. So I really think both of these teams are coming off of peak performances. Yeah, without a doubt. And when these play, these two teams played in week five earlier this season, it was the Bills defense, which finished number one in passing offense or passing defense. They they kind of showed up and, and made things very hard on Patrick Mahomes. They got good pressure. I thought that was Greg Rousseau, the, the Bills rookie defensive end. I thought that was his best game of the season. Had that big tip pass and interception. And, you know, they were able to just make things uncomfortable for him. And they adjusted to what happened in the AFC title game last year when you know, they weren't able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and he just carved them up, going to Travis Kelsey over and over again. Tyreek Hill had a couple big plays in that game. And what they've done this year, and the emphasis has been for that pass defense, has been eliminate explosive plays. This defense was, in a lot of ways, built to play this game against the Chiefs. You know, they, Their back seven is as good as it gets. I mean, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds in the middle, two all-pro safeties with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer on the back end. They will be without Tredavious White, who was lost for the year. Uh, the all-pro cornerback back on Thanksgiving. But Dane Jackson has come in and done a really nice job. He's really good tackler. And you have to be a, t- a good tackler in a game like this with so many weapons for the Chiefs. But I'll be interested to see how the Chiefs defense, who have been playing better in, in, in recent weeks uh, leading into the playoffs, how they deal with all of these weapons Josh Allen has at his disposal. Matt, so let's talk about Josh Allen, and I'd like to get your perspective on Josh Allen, young player, fourth year in the league, and where he was coming out, where he started as a rookie to his maturity, not only on the field, but I think some of the leadership qualities that we've seen off the field for him. 
Josh Allen as a player and a competitor here, I feel like this season has really been a lot of expectations coming into this year based on what Buffalo was able to accomplish making it to that AFC Championship game last year. And I really thought for me the turning point where I saw Josh Allen become the leader, and we knew he was the leader, but in a sense in name, but really saw it play out in was in that loss to Tampa Bay on the road back in week, what, week 14, I believe, where they were down 21 points at the half, and that could have really been the, the calling card for the Bills to kind of fold up tent, but it was Josh Allen that competed out there with a beat-up foot as well, making plays everywhere on the field to lead them back into that game overtime loss to Tampa. Tell me where Josh Allen is right now, what you've seen out of him throughout this season, and the confidence that he has coming into this game on Sunday night. Did we lose Matt? Matt, you there? I got you. Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Go ahead. Uh, I didn't didn't catch the question. I'm sorry. Uh, You guys had cut up. Okay, so James was asking you that he really saw a turning point with Josh Allen in that loss in overtime to Tampa Bay, that second-half comeback by Josh Allen. And, of course, you have last week's performance. How is the confidence? Is it at an all-time high, the confidence level for Josh Allen coming into Sunday night's game? That's very well said. And, you know, what happened in that locker room at Tampa Bay, I feel like if the Bills go on to the Super Bowl, if they're able to win a couple more games here, I feel like there'll be documentaries on that because this has looked like a completely different offense. The consistency, the way that Josh Allen has commanded this thing, and really, Brian Dable, how comfortable he's been calling plays. They've scored 22 touchdowns on their last 30 trips into the red zone. And, you know, they've just been... They really have a good understanding of how they need to be effective. You know, coming into the season, the big question was going to be, how are they going to run the ball? And throughout the first, you know, two, three months of the season, they weren't very good at it. They threw out the the, the game plan, which was going to be split in time between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and Matt Breida. And they said, we're going to give the ball to Devin Singletary, make him our featured back. He has rewarded them with, you know, eight straight weeks, no fumbles, almost 700 yards of total offense and eight touchdowns. And Josh Allen has this level of, you know, he doesn't say a lot in the, in the press conferences, but you get a sense just watching him play, watching him on the practice field, how he is with his teammates. He has a real understanding of who he is as a player, how he fits into this offense, what he needs to do to be successful. And now Brian Dable is unleashing him not only as a passer, but a runner too. He's been so dynamic as a runner. And that's what I think Kansas, the Kansas City uh, folks, Steve Spagnola and you know Chris Jones talked a little bit about it this week. I think that that that's what they're most concerned about Sunday. Matt Perino is our guest, a multiple-time contributor here on the Pro Football Blitz. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Perino. And Matt, under head coach Sean McDermott, the Buffalo Bills are 0 for 3 uh, straight up on the road in playoff games. And, of course, that will be the case here on Sunday night as they are at Arrowhead Stadium. And uh, this is uh, no opponent to shake a stick at. Uh, Obviously, I think everybody knows this is the two-time defending AFC champion, and they are favored, are the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. So there's been a lot of love for the Buffalo Bills off of that performance over the New England Patriots. But, you know, this is kind of like going through Tampa Bay. You're going to have to knock out the champs. Um, I, I don't know. Are Buffalo Bill fans worried at all about that? I mean, I think Kansas City has absolutely as much chance to win this game as Buffalo does. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I think uh, even the most confident Bills fan would would tell you that, you know, this is a true toss-up in this game. 
Um, Patrick Mahomes has the kind of experience in the playoffs and Super Bowls that are built for these kind of moments. You know, when you know they're at home, the pressure is going to be on you know Josh Allen to kind of replicate what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. And so, yeah, I think that there's a level of confidence. I mean, how can you not watching jo- what Josh Allen and this Bills offense did to Bill Belichick last week? You know, they they put it on him so bad that Belichick came into the locker room just to talk to Josh Allen and congratulate him. I mean, they really know what they want to be and how they want to be it. Uh, so, you know, listen, there's talent on this Kansas City defense. I, I do think that they have some good players. They've been a little bit underwhelming this season at times. It's going to be a com- it's going to come down to what's the plan for Chris Jones. He can't have a similar impact on the game as he did a year ago in the AFC title game. And once you find a way to do that, neutralize him, this offensive line for the Bills has been playing really good football. They found a way to run the ball. Guys like Gabriel Davis, guys like Reggie Gilliam at fullback, Tommy Doyle, a rookie fifth round draft pick tackle. They use him a lot as a jumbo tight end. They throw a lot of different personnel packages, a lot of different, um, you know, player packages at you. And, you know, that anybody on this offense can step up at any given time. And I think that's where the confidence comes from. And Brian Dable has, has, has landed on a spot where he's really has a good, solid understanding of, of his team and his offense. Matt, I've got just about 20 seconds left. If the Chiefs are going to take down the Bills, what uh, is the weakness that they're going to exploit? You know, they're going to they're going to have to make big plays down the field like they did in the AFC title game last year. This this Bills defense does not give those up anymore. They're number 1 in the league in limiting explosive pass plays. And so, that's what I think that you're going to try to do if you're the Patriots, find a way to get guys in space, get them downfield, score points, put pressure on that Bills offense, and that's what I think would do it. All right, terrific stuff as always. Matt, enjoy the game, and thank you for joining us once again. Take care, guys. All right, that is Matt Perino. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Matt Perino. He is the host of the Shout Podcast and also covers the Bills for Syracuse.com. We're coming back with more in just a moment. James and Brady right here on VSEN. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. <laughs> this is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. It's our all new Big Game Big Dance Special. Provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April the 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Well, James, it's time to go over our best bets for the weekend, and it looks like you've already got one in the win column, and that was over five and a half tackles and or sacks with Von Bell of the Cincinnati Bengals, and it just barely gets home. I'm showing that he had five tackles and one sack, so combined, he gets over five and a half. Yeah, it's already cash. They put that in the account, which is kind of which is kind of cool. We're starting to see the when you're doing player props, Brady. Sometimes it takes a while for those to get graded, and you're waiting for the game to end. Now the game's over, and you're still winning, refresh, and still not getting into your account. This one was put in the account midway through the third quarter, which I think, yeah. You won. Now keep putting it in there so you can keep playing, young fella. But I think with Von Bell, he got he had four tackles and a sack in the first two drives in that matchup. And and I think for Tennessee, really, there was just offensively, they just couldn't get anything going on the ground because where I like Von Bell in this case was he was he's a box safety. And that's his job to come in and be physical at the line of scrimmage. And we saw that in the first half from Cincinnati, a lot of six-man fronts. Bell, uh, Bell was a part of that six-man front as well. Uh, they kind of backed off in the second half and, and changed and adjusted their defense and made Tannehill kind of open things up to, to say, go ahead and try to throw it. And we saw what happened with Tannehill throwing three interceptions in that game and really costing the Titans the chance to move on to the AFC Championship game. But yeah, they only got six total but all I needed was to get to six. So fortunately, it wasn't too much of a sweat because that cash midway through the third quarter. And you and I have talked a lot on the program about the upcoming game on Sunday night, the Buffalo Bills visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. One of my best bets is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's the way my numbers play out. And I just feel they are the best team maybe in the entire NFL right now. Uh, I like them to get this done over the Chiefs. Now, you have the over in that game, and you have a nice number there at 53-and-a-half. I didn't know you had this one. You also have over on Patrick Mahomes, over 281-and-a-half yards passing. Yeah, just thinking, what is Kansas City's identity? And it's not going to be a team that's going to try to establish the running game and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming back. Sure, let's take the pressure off Mahomes. Yeah, Andy Reid's going to go with what got him there. And thinking about it, it's just the yardage. And so 
the side, I just couldn't get there with the side. I could make cases. I could make a case for the Chiefs to to win this football game in a sense where the numbers just at one and a half. We'll just call it a pick'em game, win the football game, and I could make plenty of case for the Buffalo Bills to win this football game on Sunday night. But it was the total where I just couldn't. I, I couldn't make a case to say this game is going to go under. Both teams are so explosive, so many playmakers, tremendous quarterback play. Both players are playing as confident as any quarterbacks in this league. But then thinking about the defense that we'll see out of the Bills, this is a team that in that first matchup back in week five played, didn't rush the passer. I mean, as far as getting after it with sending more than four players after Patrick Mahomes, they sat back in a lot of coverage, a lot of two high safety sets, 86% of the time on 63 dropbacks, as a matter of fact, for that Buffalo Bills defense to keep everything in front of them, come up, wrap up, tackle in space, which they do very well. But that means there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Mahomes in between the 20s to throw the football. I think he's going to have uh, his, their offense is going to be throwing the football. We know that for Kansas City. So I was looking between the two when I decided to choose. I have I kind of correlated that. I'm playing the over in that matchup at 53 and a half, but I think also both teams are going to score with that respect, but also with Kansas City, it's all about Mahomes in the passing game. And if we're going to see those single high that's that those soft coverage again, deep coverage with the two high safety look from Buffalo, plenty of opportunities for Mahomes to be accurate as he is. He, he he's going to find those spots in those zones. His play his receivers are going to sit in those spots in those zones. I think he's going to have a big day throwing the ball when it comes to the yardage prop. Yeah, and I don't know if Kansas City will necessarily win this game, and we've also talked about this. It's pretty much of a toss-up, and that's the way the point spread is telling us it is as well, but it feels to me, at least in my opinion, uh, I believe Josh Allen can win this game for throwing less than his yardage total. What is it? 280 and a half, I believe, was the number on Josh Allen. I, I think he can throw for 250 yards, three touchdowns, whatever, and Buffalo can still win this game. Getting on that running game, which has been coming around the last month or so, it's been more of a force in their offense. Devin Singletary and Josh Allen with his own two legs as well. And then also, of course, that defense. Uh, but for the Kansas City Chiefs, I think Patrick Mahomes probably has to get closer to 300 yards passing if they're going to win. He's really the stir, the you know the straw that stirs their drink, and not that Josh Allen isn't. But I think Kansas City has to get that effort out of Mahomes if they're going to win this ballgame. Yeah, it's all on him, and he knows that, and he's handled that pressure before. He's done it twice. He's been in the he he he's been to three straight AFC Championship games in his young career. It just feels like Mahomes is as a ten year veteran because we're so used to seeing these long deep playoff runs for Patrick Mahomes. Now being in this spot in the divisional round against the Buffalo Bills, and the fact that they we we've seen that offense, yeah, they were able to to light up Pittsburgh Steelers last week in the wild card round, but we've seen the second half of the season with this offense start to find itself. I think there was adjustment early in the season for Kansas City offensively, adjusting to what they were seeing out of teams deep their opponents defensively that were they're playing a lot of deep safety looks and a lot of shell coverage and forcing Patrick Mahomes and that passing game to be patient with the football. And, you know, he's a young fella and he's got a great arm and he's got that massive contract that he signed this past off season feeling like, all right, I've got to, I've got to perform to my abilities, not only for winning Super Bowls and being a champion, but also week in and week out 
the price of admission people are paying to come see me as that quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs and the face of this franchise and feeling the pressure to have to constantly make big plays each and every time they had the football, plus the fact that that defense was not playing well early in the season. So I feel like he had to make big plays just to keep them competitive with those matchups. But here for KC, I mean, you're going to go with what brung you here for the last three years. It's not going to be any different here. So, again, with that prop, I just couldn't make any case for, for Buffalo to be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes, especially between the 20s with that soft zone they're going to play. James, uh, the final best bet for each of us uh, is very similar. You have the San Francisco 49ers catching three and a half points in the first half. I have the San Francisco 49ers catching the full six points for the entire game. Explain to me why you just went half, halfway here. And part of it is just I still feel like we're Jimmy Garoppolo is just somebody when if it gets close tight in the fourth quarter, we saw that last week against the Dallas Cowboys missing a couple throws. And I know maybe the shoulders hurt now too, uh, shoulder sprain, the, the finger issue, the thumb issue, the hand issue, whatever, all these different injuries. Even if he was fully healthy, he's still not somebody that I trust when it comes to the confidence to make throws when it counts. But we know Aaron Rodgers is. And if it comes down to a, a last drive where he's got to go win the game and put seven on the board to do it, he's one that I can definitely trust to say, I don't want to bet against that. But I think for the first half or with the 49ers plus the three and a half, and that's why I got it. With the, Without that hook, I probably wouldn't have played it just sitting at the three. But at the three and a half, just feeling like the 49ers have been playing playoff football Yes, they were in the division or the wild card round last week in their win over Dallas, but they, in a sense, it was a playoff game week 18 against the Rams. They had to win that game on the road to secure that wild card berth last week against Dallas. So they've been playing at a playoff level for the last couple of weeks in Green Bay. Brady has been cruising. They clinched the division way back in week 15. They haven't faced the team uh, as far as a playoff team and a quality team since week 12 against the Rams. I know they did play Baltimore, but Baltimore was without half their, their starting lineup in that matchup. So it's just been kind of cruise control for the Packers. And it's not as simple as flipping a switch and saying, all right, well, now it's playoff time, divisional game. We're going to get out there and, and jump into jump in full speed. I think they got a number of players coming back from injury that haven't played for quite a while. Alexander, Zadarius Smith, they're going to be on play counts, but it's going to take them a while to catch up to playoff speed too. So that's where I just like the first half better, just playing for 30 minutes plus the three and a half, rely on that running game. Let's not put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands to have to make plays for the first two quarters. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense and you certainly make some good points and with the weather too, maybe the game starts out a little bit slow because of the frigid temperatures there at Lambeau Stadium. Maybe it takes a little while, a quarter or so, for these guys to really get their engine smoking and uh, getting on a roll offensively. We will see. And sometimes, James, that's just a good general rule of thumb practice is playing underdogs for the first half only rather than taking them for the entire game because you know that underdog is going to probably come with a spirited effort for a while, but they're an underdog for a reason. Can they truly hang in for the entire span of the whole game uh, maybe they can for half the game. I'm hoping both are true, James, that they can hang in for half and the entire contest. You on the uh, first half on the 49ers plus three and a half. I am on the Niners for the entire game plus six. When we come back, we'll deliver our full breakdown of the 49ers and the Packers coming up at Lambeau Field on the other side. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? 
Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 